out of Iraq as well, and I wouldn't start a war in Libya. I'd quit bombing Yemen, and I'd quit bombing Pakistan. I'd start taking... This is how the war on drugs is presented. We're concerned about your health, so we're going to send you to prison. I'm sorry, I thought this was America. Do you feel frustrated with mainstream ideologies? If you're an active duty soldier, then these absurdly common... All right. Welcome to the 19th episode of the Luchadors of Liberty, of Liberty podcast. I'm your host, Robert Vinson, followed by Demetrios Nanos and our guest, Anthony Welty. He was a tour manager for the vice presidential campaign, Spike Cohen's vice presidential campaign of the Libertarian on the Libertarian ticket. And he is coming from Washington State all the way down to Key West, Florida on his mini house uh, Liberty tour. Uh, and uh that's a long way Uh, it's uh the road to freedom go check him out he's on the podcast now and we're gonna talk about current events and talk about that whole project coming up talking talking to different affiliates and candidates along the way so welcome to the show thanks for coming yeah man i appreciate you appreciate you having me on you know i uh, you know, I live in a tiny house. I, I don't have a foundation per se, but I do have a foundation <laughs> in libertarian principles. So, and uh, you know, I, 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 I'm, I'm not homeless. I just, you know, don't own land. <laughs> so you so said I'm a, uh, I'm a progressive Seattleites dream come true, kind of, except that I disagree with everything they do. <laughs> so whenever people say, you know, you need a good foundation, you're like, ah, oh, not really. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got all the foundation I need in self ownership and volunteerism, you know, and uh, peaceful interaction. That's <laughs> all we really need. Yes, sir. So, first, I want to ask, like, how'd you get started being just a libertarian in general? Like, what led you to say, hey, you know, I don't really like this ever growing state. I want to know, um, how to minimize it. And I want to be active in that, in that community and what, what got you started really? Yeah. There's a a couple of things that really hit me early um, that just pissed me off in in a sense that um, I I started disliking what government was doing, but I didn't know about the two party system. I didn't know about the LP or what a delegate was or any of that jargon. Right. I was just a, a regular old guy who, you know, got a ticket uh, for my car being parked with expired tabs. And this was a second vehicle I had uh, that I had recently purchased from a friend uh, with the intention of fixing it up, getting it to pass emissions, which at that point I thought was perfectly normal and reasonable. Um, and uh, it, But it didn't pass emissions, so I didn't have tabs. So it was parked outside my apartment and it kept getting ticketed. That's a Washington uh, thing, right? Like the yeah, nation? yeah, yeah. Oh. The Seattle thing where they, you know, they want to make revenue off of parked cars. Um, and I got ticketed like three different times. And during, and that was over about a six month span. But also during that same span, I got towed for being parked for seven, more than 72 hours outside my own apartment. Um, so, you know, this very short amount of time, I just, you know, in, in my young 20s, was just getting you know, raked over the coals for, you know, 250 bucks a pop uh, in towing bills and ticketing costs. And it was just like this, well, what the hell is this? You know, how am I supposed to fix the car if you guys keep ticketing it? And eventually I paid the impound lot um, to keep the car and walked away from it. Cause I was like, I can't keep dealing with this, you know? Um, And then, you know, ultimately um, it was Obama that turned me libertarian living in Seattle. I was a, you know, a, a, 
you know, anti-war, you know, pro-gay marriage, pro, uh, you know, smoke as much pot as you want, you know, liberal. Um, but my depth of politics didn't go much more than that, right? Um, so I was excited for hope and change after, you know, George, George Bush and uh, voted for Obama. And within two years, uh, I saw him not protecting whistleblowers. I, I saw him not protecting Assange and Snowden. And even back then, when that was very, like, rudimentary understanding of what was going on, it didn't sit well to me that there was, you know, those people out there that are trying to tell the American people what their government's doing. Uh, and we wouldn't, you know, protect them. And, you know, Obama broke his promise. And that was one of the first times that I woke up to the idea that, you know, even a, a nice looking, non-greasy, non-lawyery, you know, non used car salesman type politician, right? That looks and feels good can still be a greaseball politician, mm -hmm, right? Yeah. And, um, and then by the time he passed Obamacare, um, I, I, you know, when I was an insurance agent, I just saw instantly what a sham that was, um, you know? So it, that was all over about a four year period of time where I just woke up to, you know, government doing stupid things that made, you know, non-important situations worse and mm -hmm. put somebody that was living on, you know, living on the margins in my twenties in Seattle, it put me on having to use credit to pay for food. Right. Cause I had to pay tickets, you know, and then, you know, insurance rates going through the roof and it's just, you know, those little things that woke me up as a citizen to some of the BS that was going on. So how'd, how'd you get from there then to working with Spike Cohen? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it was great. Great, great honor to uh, be asked by Spike's campaign manager, Matt Hicks, and Spike to be his tour manager, um, because I'd never worked on a project with either one of them. Um, but Spike had seen what I'd done through my campaign uh, in the 2020 election uh, and knew that, you know, to, to basically, and this, <laughs> this is a, an indirect quote, but get Anthony on our team for anything he could possibly help with. Um, and that turned into running his 2020 bus tour, um, you know, traveling all across the country. I mean, I don't have the numbers, but I mean, we hit like 20 or 30 states. And were you in Orlando um, doing? Yeah, I was in. Yep, I was in Orlando. Okay, I saw you speak because I did. I did come to that, but I wasn't. I was. I couldn't remember if I recorded that one or not. So that would have been. Yeah, good. they. Uh, I, I think that was me asking for money. Uh, probably <laughs> did a lot of that for Spike. You know, just trying to keep the keep the wheels wheels greased on the bus, but. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, Spike just, you know, I, I'd actually reached out to Spike and said, Hey, how can I help you? And, and he's like, I'll get you on the team, you know, any way possible. And, um, and then, you know, a couple, couple weeks away from my family, two different times to, you know, travel the country with him. And, you know, I'll, I'll say this to, to anybody that's watching, um, getting to watch Spike Cohen for literally 24 hours a day. Um, and, uh, he is everything that the average libertarian could ever ask for from a from a candidate for VP, mm -hmm. specifically for VP, because he did an incredible job of supporting the top of the ticket, which is his job. Um, but as a libertarian, his work ethic, how he spoke to people off camera on the bus, he is nothing but a kind and genuine and extremely hardworking, principled anarchist libertarian. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I learned a lot just getting to work closely with him and just listening you know on how he communicated yeah I, I love talking to spike every time he comes to a convention or something like that uh living in orlando the past two years i've been fortunate to be, meet him like 
two or three times now, and uh, the uh, the latest time this um, last Florida convention, and he hung out with the Mises guys and us. And um, the biggest question I have for you is, how much money did you lose to Tasha Cohen um, watching UFC fights? <laughs> you know, I still get I still get the occasional text from from Tasha about UFC. That's something we bonded over because I'm a jujitsu coach. Um, oh, nice. I, I, I do. Awesome. I used to do jujitsu too. I haven't trained in a while, but I have my purple belt. No. Awesome, man. Okay. Well, I, I travel with my gi in the trailer. It's dusty. Oh, nice. Um, so maybe we can get our, I'm sure, you know, 30 pound overweight asses off the couch <laughs> and uh, we can go grapple for fun. I'm like 50 so, pounds overweight right now. I was being kind to both of them. <laughs> my beard hides the extra weight I put on. Yeah, 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 definitely. It's the COVID beard. It's uh, to hide, hide all the weight that you anybody it also hides the lack of chin that i have yeah, yeah. but yeah yeah no you can put me in an arm bar that's fine <laughs> let's do it i'm a purple belt too um it, it's been a little while since i've trained but i absolutely yeah. it too and uh it, it it's made me a better and more patient person which now helps me be more patient with statists um and it, it also teaches me you, you know, can also the, choke them out better too <laughs> Yeah. Well, and it, at the same time, it teaches me there's a lot of different pathways to get to success, right? And to win mm -hmm. a match and to, you know, to, to win something or in, in a libertarian sense and how to convert them. And that's why I'm a big believer that there's not necessarily one right way to do this libertarian thing. Um, and some days you're going to get caught in an arm bar or a choke, right? Because you made a mistake. You said something the wrong way. And last thing I would ever do to any of my students is, you know, yell at them for getting caught, right? Because that's just, that's just how how you learn, right? You mm -hmm. learn through getting choked out versus, you know, choking people out sometimes, <laughs> you know, so when it comes to libertarianism, right, I, I have a great appreciation for, you know, most, if not all styles of libertarianism, because I can see a value in all of them to some degree. Now, that doesn't mean I, you know, abide by all of their rules or uh, necessarily agree with everything, uh, you know, a certain libertarian believes is the right way to do things. Um, but for me, knowing that there's, you know, 6 billion people on earth, right. There's no one right way to beat any of them in a jujitsu match any more than there is one right way to convert them to libertarianism. And each person is different. Um, and each match is different. Each conversation is different. And we should really understand that from a communication standpoint. I, I love that. That's such a good way I of looking too. at things. It's kind of funny how when you start doing jujitsu or D, you've done wrestling, so you kind of know about this too. It, you kind of can make these analogies from your practice too. It's it's awesome. Yeah, my my grandfather was a boxer in Greece. He actually won the Golden Gloves of Greece in like the nineteen wow. fifties. And Whoa, when I was younger, he put me into Greco Roman wrestling, and he always I remember him telling me this over and over again. He's like, "To lose is to improve." Yep. And that's one of the things that actually got me going with the Libertarian Party, too, is how often we don't win these elections. We should be taking that and using that to improve ourselves over and over and over and over again, which is what I think we, we've been doing recently. Well, and I absolutely agree. And, and that's why I'm you know on the mission that I am right now. Um, you know, I, I've got a, a background in corporate coaching and training. I was a corporate training for Washington Mutual for those uh, younger folks tuning in right now. Washington Mutual is one of those corrupt banks that went under during the 08 banking crisis. Mm -hmm. yep. um, but I worked for them as a corporate trainer, you know, classroom style. Uh, I trained executives to entry-level bankers. Um, 
you know, I, I like teaching and coaching. I, I want to open a jujitsu academy. That's what my absolute passion is, is, is to teach and coach jujitsu. Um, now I get to take, you know, something I enjoy doing, um, which is, is coaching and teaching and apply it to a, a topic that I think is imperative to creating a peaceful society, which is libertarianism. And, you know, I really enjoy doing public outreach and, and converting um, people to libertarianism or to at least get them libertarian curious or to, or, or one step lower to at least get them to, you know, maybe want to be more independent. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I've done that for a few years now. And, and what I want to do is, is help teach and coach our candidates how to become more successful and success in a libertarian world doesn't necessarily mean winning elections, although that is typically the, 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 the high end goal of a campaign. And it is certainly obtainable in some races. In other races, it is just flat not obtainable, right? So, you know, what, what is success? And that's going to be defined by the candidate. And, and I want to help our candidates understand the difference between what levels of success are and what they can hang their hat on, how to plan and um, set some attainable goals and really just help them through a campaign from point A to point Z. Because I'll, I'll tell you, there, there's a big difference between being a libertarian um, that has good ideas and good solutions and knows their ins and outs, right? Knows the platform, knows how to communicate well. There's a big difference be, between that and actually running a campaign. Running a campaign is an entirely different animal um, that, you, I mean, it, it doesn't matter what your political ideology is, right? It, it's, a, it's a sales path right of sorts where your 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 buyers are your voters so i want to help you know mer you know help coach libertarians that have the right heart and goals and intentions for peace and just help them run more you know effective and, and successful campaigns and that's um what my uh, uh tour uh be free the road to liberty tour is about kind of kicking off um and most of what i'll be doing is is uh, outside of tour we'll be working remotely with libertarian and libertarian only candidates i won't be working with republican libertarians i'm not going to be working with democrat libertarians i'm going to work with known party members because i want to help this party grow and um, we're going to give them uh you know hopefully a softer landing spot that's awesome i i think it's imperative that libertarians get out there and start running these winnable races you know target certain races and um definitely local races as well it's something that the mises caucus is being trying to focus on is building these issue coalitions at the at the local level and finding candidates at the local level trying to fund them and run so what you're doing is very important we need we need candidate coaching all over the all over the board across the board we can't just be running these big huge races even though we i mean you guys did crazy numbers um so that's awesome uh i was it the most um most earned in um campaign history for for uh spike and joe jorgensen because i think that were the votes down a little bit or did uh spike and joe have more votes than gary johnson yeah so i mean a couple things so yeah I, touching on local races and stuff and coal ocean building I, I think that's absolutely the 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 pragmatic path right is to pick and choose winnable races and, and, and focus some resources there. I also see a value in some carpet bombing from time to time. If maybe you don't have some candidates, 
right? Or maybe you have one or two candidates, but you got 15 other people who say, fuck it, I'll put my name on a ballot, right? And, and you can all put out the exact same messaging, right? For 15 different sheriff's races, mm-hmm. right? So there's all types of different things you could doing. I prefer, I look very much look forward to running a, a local race someday. My wife and I want to buy some property, uh, build a little bit of an off-grid uh, homestead for herself. And then I want to run for local office, which is the opposite of what I did for my, my statewide race. Um, and I ran the statewide race for a handful reasons. The, the main one was, um, well, I can't say that there was one main reason. There's a handful. Um, I wanted to see what we could do from a statewide capability um, in a contested race if we went all in. Right. If we push to the absolute max, what's our bar on a race like that? Um, in 2016, the, there had been a gentleman that did a paper ballot race for my position, got 100,000 votes. Um, four years later, I pushed as hard as I could. We got 324,000 votes. Wow. Um, you know, and Republicans like to laugh and say, oh, you got your ass kicked, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, guys, I took 40 percent of your voter base in one election cycle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? And let, let's look at what just happened. Like, that's a huge increase. Um, so compared to Gary Johnson, I doubled Gary Johnson's numbers. And I think I tripled Joe Jorgensen's numbers. Um, I think if you add their two vote totals together, it was right about equal to, to what I got uh, from my race. Um so, you know, pushing hard, doing more than what we've done before, um, being more, you know, consistent in our efforts, you know, doing outreach, doing the fundraising and trying to do the whole kit and caboodle, um, we can see substantial gains. A um, little disheartening at times, right, to still see 13 and a half percent. I cried election night. Um, I thought I was going to do better. Um I, I thought I might beat the Republican and get into the top two, um, you know, so I was a little brokenhearted there. I put my heart and soul on, on the, onto that campaign. Um, but even in the loss, right, there, there's so much to, to learn from it. Um, and that's what I want to pa- you know, pass on to others. And it's what I want to help spike with. You know, I, I had been living on the road in a travel trailer, running my own tour by myself, essentially. I, had, I mean, I had nobody on tour with me. Uh, except for my wife <laughs> and six-year-old. Um, so I was running a tour by myself. So that's why I think Spike brought me onto his campaign was because I was the only person in the party with any experience of running, you know, a, a presidential tour on the road and the logistics behind that. I'm sure that's helping you right now with uh, with the tour you're, you're doing this time around too. Mm-hmm. Well, and I learned from Spike's tour, right? Because, you know, it it leveled me up for my tour. And now I'm going to apply that to this next tour that I'm doing. You know, it's, uh, I mean, I even just copy and pasted a a Google Drive template the other day from an old file I had on Spike's campaign, right? I didn't need any Mm -hmm. data from it, right? You know, NDA, right? Can't take that. But the, you know, I took the template, I'm like, that was really helpful. I can't remember who built it, but I'm going to copy it and use it, right? And I get to apply, you know, all those lessons now to coaching our other candidates, Um, you know, and that doesn't mean we're going to start winning 100% of our races or that Anthony's the greatest thing since sliced bread. I'm just a guy that got pissed off about the fucking government. And I refuse, like, literally refuse to stand down at this point. Um, And I'm going to put every ounce of energy I have 
for as long as I can into fighting the state um, and creating liberty for my family while I do it and hopefully liberty for others too. So, you know, we'll pass on everything that I've learned, you know, open source it. That's something Larry Sharp does, right, with his campaign. Um, yeah. I, so I'm kind of taking some of those principles from him, or, you know, you know, just making sure that we give back everything that we've earned through this party and give it to others, you know, so. That's awesome. I mean, I, I've heard stories about people just getting disjointed and, and just saying, you know, I give up and I'm going to go on, I'm going to go tour the country and just give up on the politics. But you're doing the opposite. You're saying, you know, I'm pissed off, but I'm going to tour the country and spread the word of liberty. And that that's awesome. I mean, it's hard to stay uh, positive sometimes, but you have to keep on trucking. Um, you can use a million, a million uh, analogies there with whatever you're doing. <laughs> Quite literally trucking. Quite literally. Reason. I was thinking about opening up the, the podcast with Eastbound and Down, but I didn't want to get taken off of YouTube. <laughs> uh, I mean, po politics is such a nasty arena to be in. Like, right. like it's easy to see why people get burnt out and gets disheartened or don't want to pay attention or are in the party and then leave. Like, I get it, man. You know, I get it. Um, I just hope to inspire people to give more instead of getting tired. Right. Because mm -hmm. um, I will help you. Right. If, if, if you are somebody that feels a little apathetic and, and maybe needs help with a project. Right. And maybe your, your county affiliate hasn't helped you or your state affiliate hasn't helped you or, or you're just not connected or, you know, whatever it is, you know, my thing right now is just trying to bring people together and help as many of us as I can. And where I can't help get them connected, somebody like you guys, right? Because we all have different skills and resources available to us. And we absolutely need to be pushing the ball uphill together as much as possible. Yeah, of course. Um, is there anything you want to talk, anything that we've missed uh, regarding like the tour coming up or uh, any of your merch or anything like that? Plug yeah, that. I mean, I'll, I'll promote away. Uh, so it's the, the website's theroaddeliberty.com. Um, I'm I, I'm transitioning personally off of social media as much as I can. Um, I've seen what's happened over the last four years on social media. It's killed my reach, um, and I've never even been banned, <laughs> and it still killed my. I like it's so much work. So the the website's going to be a combination of things. Uh, it's going to be. Um, I'm going to have a forum for some public conversation because as I'm traveling um, and I'm doing some public outreach, I'm going to direct people to the forums there, right? Good. So I need libertarians to join the forums and, and have conversations with people off of Facebook. Um, and then that'll also be used for us as well. There'll be a candidate forum where candidates, current and former and staff members and volunteers can talk about candidate stuff right? None of the drama, none of the policy, you know, literally just like, can you help me with this? Right. I need mm -hmm. this, you know, I, or I, hopefully I have this and I can do this. Um, and then we're going to have a channel for affiliates as well. So really just trying to create an additional resource, um, you know, put something else into the market for libertarians to use. Um, and you know, maybe it works, maybe it doesn't, I've never tried it, but I, I'm, I pretty much hate Facebook at this point. So we're doing that. Um, there's also a store on there. Uh, my wife loves doing artwork and stuff. So she's, um, she's using some of her, uh, 
creative side to to do some vinyl presses and stuff so i don't know if you can see it on here we've got libertarian t-shirts and such um we're doing it this way for a couple reasons um and pretty much everything we're going to be doing is going to be some type of an outward message right so that we can get libertarian messaging on more clothing um and then just taking donations you know to to help keep us on the road right i walked away from a you know, $80,000 a year job a couple of years ago to, to run for office and now to do this. Um, we live a minimalistic lifestyle. I live in a tiny house. I sold half of what I own voluntarily and because it, it brought me joy to, to commit to this battle. Um, but, you know, helping buy some, some shirts with some libertarian messaging or, um, you know, we'll have some water bottles up there here in a few days and some vinyl decals for cars, you know. So if you need a libertarian sticker or a Mises sticker or a Ron Paul's, you know, vinyl or a, you know, a t-shirt. We'll have some cool stuff on there. I'm not trying to create a merchandise, you know, business, right? This is more just, you know, creating a little fun shit in the trailer, you know, helping sell it, get some messaging out. Support there. the cause. Yeah. 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 Pretty much. But um, you can stay up to date on the website with the different tours, um, tour locations. We're going to be leaving um, Washington here uh, in a couple of weeks and hosting events all the way from Washington to Florida we'll hit probably 20, 25 events. Um, so if you'd like to attend one, that's a good way to see what's coming up uh, or to offer to host one. Um, you know, if you would like somebody with experience to come talk to your organization, you know, your local organization, um, let me know and we will get it booked one way or another. And this is free. Um, I'm not asking candidates to pay, um, pay me for my help. I'm not mm -hmm. asking county affiliates to pay me for my help. Uh, we don't have enough resources to really go around to make that a, yeah. uh, a sustainable model anyways. Um, but what I am doing is I'm taking tax-free tips. You know, if you guys have heard of the libertarian tip card idea, um, any, you know, any money given amongst friends is, is a gift, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. So, so anything- Therefore non-taxable income. Exactly. So I am not getting a business license. I'm not starting a business. I don't want to start a business. The government would just tell me I'm not essential and shut me down anyways. Um, so um, I'm working outside their system, but within their, you know, legal loopholes. So I don't have to fight a court case. Um, and we're taking donations. I have um, about $650 a month in reoccurring donations right now. I need to raise about 2000 for anybody that can do a little bit of better than Bernie Bernie Sanders math, um, on 40 hours a week, $2,000 is less than minimum wage. Um, so, you know, I'm working for as cheaply as possible. We have to pay Anthony well to, <laughs> yeah. we have Anthony. to give him. <laughs> um, but in all honesty, though, it's not, it, the, the money that Ray is raised does a couple things. One, it keeps me on the road. Um, so my wife isn't just funding me. <laughs> right with her income uh so i can you know look my wife in the eye but it's gonna go to a couple things right i do want to run for office again someday so the the more help i get now means the more i can self-fund later and and you know we can raise more later and, and all that kind of stuff and it's just paying it forward everything i'm doing right now i'm a full-time libertarian activist right this is all i do um besides homeschooling my kid mm -hmm. um so all of my time and energy goes into our candidates, our messaging, um, our, you know, desire to end, you know, the totalitarianism that we're facing and, and really smash the state. So, um, you know, check out the website, you know, you can create a, you can, you know, 
subscribe to the email list. You know, you can, you know, follow the Instagram page so you can see all the cool pictures we're taking and all that kind of cool shit. Um, but really it's just, I want to be a resource for people. You know, I'm again, I'm not any different than anybody else in this party. I've just, I, I've, I've learned a few things. I want to help where I can. And uh, you know, I'll bust my ass to, to fight back. I will absolutely be hitting you up. Um, my plan after law school and passing the bar is actually to run for office in Pasco County where I'm from. It's up there with one of the most corrupt counties in the state and the same families have been in charge for over a hundred years now. So. Well, I'd love to, I'd love to help you or, or people like you. And the, the, the tour is going to be one thing, the tour, we're going to do a lot of like, you know, one hour, two hour, maybe half day kind of, you know, quick training sessions. And my style will be a little bit different than maybe you've seen from other, you know, campaign managers, you know, or whatever, uh, because I, I, I do things a little bit different. Um, I, I'm not here to hand you a book, right. And say, this is the way you must do it. And then walk away. Um, I'm here to engage in dialogue, um, help you understand why the things I did work so you can apply them in, in various different ways. And then on the back end, what I'm doing, the, the main platform for candidate coaching is not being somebody's campaign manager, um, but rather being a, a essentially like a career uh, consultant or a, a personal development coach. And what I mean by that is make, uh, being available for six months at a time for 40 hours over that six months, um, an hour a week with the candidate, the campaign, the, you know, the candidates, campaign manager, their staff, um, helping give them advice, answering questions, being a, a, a voice of experience on, you know, conference calls with them, you know, on a weekly basis um, throughout their campaign. Again, so after I go provide a little coaching that I didn't just walk away and say, good luck, right? I mm. actually stick around to, to help you get there. Um, we'll be providing direct fundraising support. Um, I like dialing for dollars. Doesn't scare me. Um, you know, so I will be making hours worth of phone call for each candidate that ends up coming on board with me. Um, the overall numbers are, you know, if I can, you know, raise $500 per candidate um, to help, you know, essentially sponsor that candidate. Um, I am also going to raise $500 for that candidate myself. Right. So we're, we're really hitting it from multiple different angles here. Um, you know, we'll provide role-playing and, and coaching to their staff. So they know how to overcome rebuttals and, and um, you know, things of that nature when they're making phone calls or they're door knocking and, you know, helping get people comfortable with having quick door knocking conversations. It's really hard to say, Hey, do you want to go volunteer to door knock to somebody that's never door knocked before? Mm -hmm. yeah. Like that's a scary thing. Like, like that's like getting up on stage and giving a speech, except that it's just you on somebody's door and they're a stranger that doesn't know you're coming. Right. That's essentially a cold call. Um, not everybody can do that. And, and two things, one, probably not everybody should. Um, but a lot more of us could be skilled at that if we had some coaching to do that. And there's some easy ways to do that. Again, I was a, uh, a, a corporate trainer for Washington Mutual. I taught people phone banking, right? That's what I did for a living at one point. Um, I've talked to hundreds and hundreds and thousands and thousands of people you know, in one-on-one -on -one conversations. Um, so just helping people get comfortable with having those conversations is going to be a huge focus. That way that the candidate has, you know, some volunteers that have got at least 
you know, a couple hours of training, which is a lot better than none. Mm -hmm. I feel like coming from the libertarian angle, if they are running as a libertarian, people might be open to talking uh, to that candidate a lot more than maybe say a Democrat or Republican, because if you're reaching out to a Democrat as a Republican, normally the thing I, I phone banked a little bit for, for a campaign, a local campaign here was a re Republican campaign. Um, and sometimes the number was wrong and we get like a Democrat on the line and they'd be like, I'm not voting, you know, just hang up or I'm not voting or whenever you're knocking on the door, they'd be like, do you know what the party has, what the Republicans have done? I'm like, I'm not here to talk about that. But as a libertarian, you can attack from the left and, and the right. So it, it would be, I don't know, it'd be awesome to experience that as, as a running a libertarian campaign. So, yeah. you know, I'll oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I, I was going to ask you about like what it what it takes to be successful. And you pretty much just nailed all the points that I was I was interested in hearing about with what it what it actually takes to, you know, prepare a campaign. There's a lot to it, you know, and I, I got bogged down with running a campaign too much than being a candidate because there was a lot of days where I, I was stuck on the computer having to do can candidate you know, or campaign manager type stuff, mm -hmm. um, especially for the first two years because um, I ran a three year race. Um, I didn't one run three year, you know, three races in three years. I ran one race over three years. Um, so starting early is a tip I would give, even if you're not officially filing for office, start acting like it, right? Start going to meetings you would otherwise not go to, right? Show up at events that you might otherwise not show up to. Get yourself used to being in those situations. But really, I think one of the, the key factors is just knowing what your intention is, you know, with, um, with your campaign, um, with your year, with your month, with your day, with your conversation. Because you can have multiple intentions within an, in within one day, even right. You know, your intention at, at one meeting could be one thing. Your intention at a different meeting could be a different thing. But if you can't, if you if you're not self aware enough to identify those, um, and go in with a little bit of an idea of what your intentions and goals are, whether it be a meeting in the morning or a podcast in the evening, um, you might not accomplish anything let alone what you needed to accomplish, you know? So like for me, even coming on here, um, you know, it's imperative that, you know, I ask your followers to hit that gift button, right. And give five bucks a month or donate $500 to sponsor, sponsor a candidate for six months. Um, because if I don't, you know, I continue to, um, you know, put myself at risk of, you know, if my truck breaks down, uh, not having quite the cash on hand, I need to fix the truck. Right. Which means I might have to cancel the next tour stop. So I have an intention coming onto a podcast to share what I'm working on. It's the same thing for every candidate when you go into a podcast or a meeting, right? What is your intention of being here? Right. And when you set those intentions, then you can start creating an action plan that helps fulfill those intentions and then et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, you know, and some days you fail. <laughs> some days you get choked out and you forget to ask for money or you get shy right and you're like you know or you 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 know maybe you revert back to an old you know an old habit you know or whatever well we're not gonna forget today if you're listening to this and you support the cause send send anthony some money uh on the road to liberty.com is that where they can donate on there uh, the, yep yeah, the road to liberty.com 
the road to liberty.com S- send them so we can get to florida and we can have a big huge welcoming party for you here in florida I'll, I'll, also i'll talk to you after the show about um maybe getting an event organized with the mises guys here the florida mises guys we've built up a a good a good group of people and uh they've taken some positions in the lpf and doing a great job so far um just got a, a lot great, more work to do i've heard great things about the florida chapter you know i've, I've gotten to know uh, Stephen nicola a bit and i'd heard nothing but good things about him prior to getting to know him and you know i've been talking to martha bueno down in in, in miami and you know she's martha's talking- awesome uh she's Great candidate. Um, Steven's awesome too. He's a great chair. Um, he's got he's got a lot of cool guns. <laughs> Every time I hear Steven, I just think of uh, on the henchman call the stuff that he said. It man, I nothing got me hyped for the for the Florida Libertarian Party like when Stephen Nikhilis started talking on that call. He's such a smart guy, such a good leader too. Um, yeah. I, I'm happy to have him as the chair. And, you know, I think he's going to do great things within the party. <clears throat> I don't know what his plans are. Um, hopefully uh, I'll reach out to him and he'll sit down and do the podcast too um, soon. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm sure you guys well. would have a whole other set of things to talk about. <laughs> you could talk pol- inner party or uh, Florida stuff with him, man. He'd probably have oh, a yeah. wealth of conversation. Oh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, we do We do have a pretty pretty cohesive group down here. And I would say, you know, the a lot of – the talk about a Mises takeover and stuff that wasn't really the case here in Florida. It was more of a, a meshing together, a good, a good mixture. Cause a lot of people in the LPF who weren't Mises guys, they were like, Oh, let's, they were open to us. And you know, we were open to them. It, it, it's friendly down here. It's, it's nice to be, to be like that. We're not like some other States. <laughs> we won't, we won't go there on this one. No, um, I, I've traveled to, you know, dozens of events and and stuff and you know pretty much everybody i've met in the lp is a pretty decent fucking person you know there's always going to be outliers and there's always going to be those handful people that you just you know great great you right and you just you you maybe you just don't want to hang out with them i'm the type of guy that i i you know that you know i've got a couple of buddies that are like that that other people would just not be friends with and i'm the kind of guy that's like you know what i'll just take them for who they are Right. And, and I'll be friends with them for the reasons I can be friends with them. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, having a little grace, I think, is going to be very important in this party. Um, we got to stop fucking hating each other. Right. Like, yeah, the infighting's infighting is terrible. No, and, and I'm not all about unity per se. Right. That's not my cup of tea. I'm not that kind of guy per se. Um, you know, but we have to be able to coexist. To, to some extent, and I don't have the fucking answers. Um, I was considering running for LNC. Um, you know, it's still some thoughts in the back of my mind there, but you know, I talked to, I talked to Spike actually, and I talked to Larry and um, you know, they made some really good points and, and, and reminded me of one of the reasons why I was so successful in my campaign in Washington. Um, in Washington, I was a former chairman of a County party um, steeped in, you know, all the inner party stuff while I was doing it. Um, still got a lot accomplished, but it's because I worked really hard. Um, but when I kind of stepped away from that and only focused on my mission, um, I was a lot happier, a lot more peaceful. Um, I made more allies uh, and I was more successful. 
Um, and even for a couple of days, stepping outside of my mission uh, here with the, you know, New Hampshire drama, um, you know, that sucks so much time off of my plate. Yeah. Right. And um, now I don't regret that. Um, part of me regrets stepping so far away in the first place and not being maybe as involved as I, maybe I should be. Um, but, um, for me personally speaking, I want to focus on the work, um, and the mission of saving lives, because that's ultimately what this is about. We, we know people's lives are being stolen from them to one degree or another, some in the most painful and, you know, literally deadly of ways. Yeah, domestic um, and abroad. Right. So, as much as we have valid complaints, right, at times, we, we've got to, we have to try to remember that while that stuff is important and, and reasonable, no matter what fucking the argument is, because there's always going to be another one, that we got to spend as little time on that stuff as possible. And if you feel yourself getting um, too bent out of shape about something, find a project to work on. Like just straight up, go find a project to work on, find a candidate that needs your help for a week. Right. And, and focus on that. And that doesn't mean you have to do what I do, which is I, I, you know, basically ignore the party stuff inner party. Um, but what it'll do is it'll give you a break. It'll, it'll stop you from spiraling. It'll stop you from getting too angry from wanting to run away from, you know, not wanting to be involved. And, and I'm speaking broadly here, mm -hmm. um, but if, you know, focus on your mission, you know, of saving lives helping candidates, you know, whatever that is. And I think the party can be far from perfect, but a lot more peaceful than it, than it maybe is. That's good stuff. I mean, it, I think we're coming together. I think it, we're going to see a massive push of people who are motivated um, in the next few years to get the Libertarian Party really up and, and loud. People are going to be loud about it, and, and that's that's kind of what we've been talking amongst ourselves here in Florida, saying we just need to be out there. That's one thing the Democrats do really well is they're loud. They're there. They're protesting at the state capitals. They're doing what needs to be done politically, uh, something that uh, the conservatives and Libertarians lack. So we've been trying to focus on being more loud. Um, well, and, and candidates help with that because when, when yeah. you have a candidate, you get invited to things, right? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, you can go speak at a rally and all of a sudden people care about you a little bit more, which is crazy that all of a sudden, because you have a title, you know, that people, you know, look at you differently, but that's the, you know, that's the reality. You know, that's why starting county organizations and having a chairperson, right, in a local community, Right. So they, that person can go give an interview with a local podcast or nonprofit radio in their local, you know, podunk town of, you know, whatever, whatever state. Right. Uh, right. So e each of these things we do to get louder, um, I believe, is working. Um, I mean, I, I can't know that, you know, I, I in my campaign, I. I ran as loud of a libertarian race as I possibly could. I branded myself libertarian. I leaned into it every opportunity I got, um, both online and in person. Um, I rejected every aspect of government while I was doing it through COVID lockdowns. Um, and yeah, I tempered myself at times, right? Understanding the reality of where we're at or the person I'm talking to or how something might be received versus how I intend it. Right. And, and figuring out a balance. 
Um, but I found a balance that worked for me and it was definitely very heavy on the fuck you. And I mean the state <laughs> and, and it resonated with people in, in record numbers. And that doesn't mean that everybody has to say fuck you to the state. Um, but having a strong belief in what your principles are will gain a trust and respect in your community. Um, if you do it consistently and you're there talking consistently and they see from year after year after year that you're exactly who you told them you were. And that's why running local races, being active in our communities, becoming, you know, trusted resources, right, within our communities will help earn that respect and, 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 and even more so. So when you run for office, you, you've got some built in already. So um, anyways, I'm rambling a bit. I get really jazzed up about, you know, talking about some of the, the kind of the, the chess moves for, for how we can do this. Right? Yeah. And, no, I do too. I do too. Um, because whenever I look at the LPF website and I look at all the affiliates that we don't have, um, you know, the, the affiliates are filled in with black in the counties where we do have them. And then there's a lot of gray, there's a lot of non-affiliated counties and I'm like motivated. We, we have to fill those counties up so that in every single County in Florida, there's a libertarian affiliate that's talking to these people. So if you're listening, go check on lpf.org slash affiliates and uh try and fill that county or whatever whatever libertarian um or whatever state you're in go check your that state's website and see like does my county have an affiliate if not you could start one and start to be loud in your own community yeah and we're sponges for all of this too i mean the more the more you ramble on the more it gets our brains working the more excited we get we're we're absorbing everything because you've yeah i'm being quiet i'm listening i'm just listening so you know yeah that's great we get to talk on here all the time. We probably talk too much. Anyway, <laughs> um, so would you like to get into the current events, some current news, and see what's going on? Yeah, go for it. I got a few more minutes here. All right. So uh, Biden uh, still saying he's going to bring troops back from Afghanistan. So that's that that's good, right? We're we're anti-war here as libertarians, and and uh, me personally, I think. Uh, it's all bullshit. I think they're going to go back. He might pull them out, but then they're going to go back uh, very quickly. But Or go elsewhere. Or yeah, go elsewhere. yeah, or go elsewhere. Uh, yeah, not really much in Afghanistan besides goats, right? So um, probably move them to Syria or something like that. Go check out Scott Horton. He probably knows a lot more than me. <laughs> but uh, just as, my brain hurt. He's so smart. I, I know, man. And I, tr- I talked to him about uh, China. I'm really big on China and like pushing uh, people to be aware of the Xinjiang uh, province with all the Uyghurs being locked up. And we got into it about that. And I won't go into it here because um, I don't want to mischaracterize his stance on anything. But it was a crazy conversation because it uh, flipped my perspective upside down and made me say he challenged me uh, on a couple things and I'll have to answer. I'll have to answer to them soon. <laughs> but I, I will because he challenged, he challenged me. He's uh, saying, you know, show me where the Chinese are having ties with their money whenever they give money to Africa, because that it was my stance that the money is kind of like a mob, kind of like the mob, like 
I might come asking for a favor later on. And there are instances out there where it's kind of like that. And his stance was like, no, they're just coming with briefcases and the U.S. is coming with bombs. And I, I agree with that, too. I do agree with that, too. That's a strategy that the U.S. is failing on, is investing in other countries. But here, personally, I don't, I don't believe Biden for one second. I don't believe anything he says. But we're seeing troops get pulled. I don't know. What do you think, D? What do you think, Anthony? Anthony, go ahead. Um, I mean, a couple of things come to mind. Um, I, I thought Trump had wanted him gone by like May or something. So I feel like oh, this was already pushed back once or twice. And and didn't he help, you know, like did, didn't he have the opportunity to bring them home like for eight years? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Couldn't, couldn't he and Obama have already done this? So, you know, as far as all the, the talking point, the head, like whatever, dude, fuck you. Yeah, um, like I don't, you know, like you could have already fixed this. You get no credit for me for doing the right thing. Like, and the symbolic date of September 11th. It's like, wh- why are you waiting for symbolism? Yeah, it, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, if, it, like, how about the day before? You know, <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. So, yeah, I'm right there. Um, yeah. I, when Osama bin Laden's family flew out of uh, the U.S. in 2001, is that what we're talking about? <laughs> the day before <laughs> September 11th. <laughs> yeah, you want to go there? We, we don't have to go there that's fine um the next one d can you pull up the video um biden yeah. this past week talking about um how he didn't meet his goal to get 70 percent of americans vaccinated boohoo uh now saying he wants to go door to door um knocking on everyone's uh, doors and giving out vaccines in the community so we'll just play it so so you can hear his own words it's more towards the end. You don't have to play all 41 seconds. Our administration is going to devote the remainder of the summer to a, s- a special focus on five ways to make gains in getting those of you who are unvaccinated vaccinated. Because here's the deal. We are <laughs> continuing to wind down the mass vaccination sites that did so much in the summer. Here's the deal. Rapidly vaccinate those eager to get. To I can't remember what kind of shit I took this morning. Now we need to go to community by community, neighborhood by neighborhood, and oftentimes door to door, literally knocking on doors to get help to the remaining people protected from the virus. Help. help. Yeah, the that's what I was going to say. Help. <laughs> we just want to help you. No, we just want to help shared, you. I shared a post about this this morning, and um, it's funny. I went through the entire lockdowns without using the word vaccine or COVID once. Um, because I didn't need to, because it's not about vaccines. It's not about COVID. It's about, you know, authoritarianism. Um, but when the vaccine passport shit started to come out, I finally had to like open my mouth. Um, but yeah, so I shared this post, uh, like a day or two ago. And one of the first comments was like, who on earth doesn't know that there's a vaccine available for them? Like, why is it that we need to go door to door? Like who, who has not been bombarded <laughs> with the opportunity to get vaccinated for the last, you know, four months since they've been on the market? Yeah. Like I'm pretty sure everybody and their dead grandmother knows that you can no. get <laughs> uh, Yeah, they're handing them out like hotcakes. I don't know. Uh, or if you got to be under a rock, like literally under a rock to not know about vaccines. I think what it is is a lot of these vaccines are going to go bad and they're like, we got to make our money back on this investment. You know, you need to get a vaccine. The taxpayer, the taxpayer investment. Yeah. yeah. We, we all got taxed for it and then insurance is covering it. 
right? So we're we're gonna we're gonna pay for it twice because your insurance bills are gonna go up up after all this. And you know, I I could have called that writing on the wall years ago as somebody running for state insurance commissioner. Um, you know, I actually got what, the thing that actually turned me into an activist and and a political volunteer is the uh, medical freedom movement. Um, the idea that the government is segregating and discriminating and, and creating a, you know, second tier of people based upon, you know, what personal medical choices they make uh, for, uh, you know, corporate products um, was extremely troubling to me um, from, from a liberty standpoint, not even a, you know, a safety or efficiency standpoint, because that's a whole different conversation. Um, so I actually, in Washington, I helped found a nonprofit called Informed Choice Washington, and what converted me from a medical freedom advocate to a libertarianism or to libertarian and working for the party is realizing that it's basically impossible to get the political parties to do anything that's right and let, unless it's in their, you know, their interests, their self-interest. And I'm tired of begging for my freedom. So instead of, you know, going in and, you know, lobbying and sitting in meetings and going to rallies and stuff. Um, which I still do all that. Um, I just decided to run for office and to help people run for office so we can get people elected that believe in liberty for everybody um, before they get elected. Um, that way, once they're there, we don't have to beg them for freedom. So this vaccine passport stuff is my is, is essentially my number one issue, you know, mm -hmm. if I ever had one. Um, I, I will not tolerate it. I will call it a slippery slope to Nazism because it fucking is. Um, I will um, call it segregation and discrimination because it is. Um, and I will call it bigotry based upon their health choices uh, because it is. Um, and there are millions of people in this country, not just for COVID, but for other vaccines um, that simply don't want to inject themselves with something for a handful of different reasons that are none of my fucking business. Mm -hmm. um, and it's not the government's business. Um, you have to be put on registries now to go to school, right? Even if you are, you know, uh, granted an exemption to go to school, you're still on a yeah. registry. They know your medical history oh, as a result they, uh, of that. Yeah. So they, why, they why isn't it, why is it a good thing? Why shouldn't we have these registries full of people's information? Don't you want to know you're going to <laughs> yeah. school with healthy kids? Or your child's going to school with healthy kids? Yeah, I mean, number one, the government can't be trusted with data. I mean, they get hacked left and right. So even if I thought it was a good idea, I couldn't trust them as an organization to, to, to properly secure my data. Here in Washington, we got hacked by a Nigerian in our unemployment department. $650 million <laughs> stolen last oh. year. Like, like, that's real. That's real. And I'm running for state insurance commissioner saying, hey, we should abolish the, the you know, the, this department because an insurance policy for four bucks a month could do the exact same thing um, and, and protect you better. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, from a pure data standpoint, I mean, the, the, what what has given us the the idea that the government is is capable of keeping our personal information secure? They're just not. The government doesn't do anything. Efficiently. <laughs> I mean, that's that's entry level. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that, that's base level stuff for me. Yeah. Um, but then, I mean, just the right to privacy. I mean, you, I, we don't have a right to know who is or isn't healthy, right? You don't, well, you don't have a right to know that. That's 
that's up to them to, to share with you voluntarily, right? If you have cancer or AIDS or uh, a cold or you got an abortion, right? That's your life. Nobody has the right to that information unless you voluntarily give it to them. Um, and I would say the libertarian solution is really, you know, you know, short of intentionally, you know, spreading an infectious disease, like intentionally coughing on, you know, fruit at a, at a grocery store, or licking the ice cream, right. And putting the lid back on. We saw videos of that recently, right. That, that stuff's obviously disgusting and already illegal. Yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> um, yeah. That's, that's a very, very easy personal injury case. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, we don't need, you know, mandatory vaccines or vaccine passports to keep people healthy. Yeah. Right. You know, and, and in, in fact, you know, maybe, you know, a couple apples would, would do some good, you know, maybe a little <laughs> exercise, maybe a little sunlight. Yeah. A little bit less fast food. Yeah. You never, diet. you never heard anyone saying, go exercise, go outside, take some vitamins during the pandemic. There was no two, two things. No one saying that. I mean, well, I mean, so the lockdowns were terrible, right? Broke my heart. I mean, I, I've talked, to, I, mean, I spoke at multiple lockdown rallies um, um, here in Washington uh, as a candidate for insurance commissioner. I didn't even talk about my race. I just went in there and said, I'm sorry. I'm sorry this is happening to you. Um, and this is why we should abolish business licensing so it can never happen again. Um, and why we should abolish the liquor and control board and we should abolish the labor and industries. Um, and I have huge swaths of people that used to be like, well, we should have these organizations, they should just be reformed, that now agree that they should be entirely abolished and never given the opportunity to harm us again. And those weren't libertarians before. Mm. Um, so I talked about that. Um, fuck, well, I was going to say something. Um, if you don't, don't if you can't think it. of it, I got you covered. <laughs> Go for it. Hit me. i all right. Well, speaking of lockdowns, the UK has had massive lockdown protests um, in London. Uh, so we, I just wanted to shout out to the UK and say, keep keep up that, you know, fighting uh, the, the UK government and their oppressive regime as well. And also speaking about privacy and data, um, Tucker Carlson, mainstream news. Um, claims that the NSA has spied on him uh, while he was trying to get an interview with Vladimir Putin. And, and you can go you can go look up Tucker's video on YouTube. He was saying that his whistleblower, his um, source, was reading back emails that Tucker had sent personally to try and get this interview. And there's no other wow. way he could have gotten it. Wow. This I is- hadn't heard this story. Yeah, and he's on Fox News. So, and the thing about Tucker Carlson is, I don't agree with him on everything. He's not like a libertarian or anything, but he is anti-war, and he does have some good stances. And um, it just goes to show that the NSA will say that we're not spying on you, but they are. Hi. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll probably Hi, Mr. FBI on- man. Yeah, we'll probably <laughs> Thank end up you for watching. <laughs> I saw a meme a few weeks ago that I think Spike shared it. He's like, it was something about, you know, uh, FBI agents reading libertarianism, extremism, and then like, you know, wanting to quit their job and become an extremist themselves. Right. (laughs) Like how many, wonder how many people, how many NSA agents were converting as they read our posts. (laughs) I I really hope so. I I honestly believe that libertarian messaging is some of the best messaging out there. Um, 
as far as like logically thinking and and backed by economics and reality of the situation too and once we put the message out there i think it's almost undeniable to people who are open to the idea you have people who aren't open to it and they'll yeah, just say and then you move on yeah and then you move on um but i i also, I also had something that i'm forgetting dang i need to get sponsored by alpha brain so i can <laughs> or on it so i can remember half the time sponsored um, and on it <laughs> yeah yeah exactly um dang it no oh, okay i have it um facebook sending out these extremist warnings uh i got mine i finally got mine so i can say that someone one of my friends on facebook one of you guys uh your guy you're you're considered an extremist or you may be an extremist so um i'm not gonna delete you it's okay but a whole bunch of libertarians are getting these messages uh if you're not a libertarian you probably don't get this message but we are and it's kind of scary because although it's just like a warning they're saying hey you might be exposed to some extremist content none of the content i'm exposed to is extreme it's just simply being critical of the government and what's the and, next and step well and, and critical of the government is how it's framed and, and and frankly we frame it that way too but in, in reality all it is is we're asking to be left alone and and, to, and we're seeking peace and that's not extreme so you know it it's all bullshit. yeah <laughs> exactly that's a great way to put it so if you start to see I, I wonder if any of my friends are gonna get the message offhand and be like, "What the hell? What what what's going on? Why am I getting this message?" And then they'll, if you are, that's me. It's my fault. Yes. <laughs> you wanna you wanna go ahead and let Anthony go, and then you can I can finish up the rest of the current events. Yeah. Again, uh, if you want to plug anything, go ahead. And uh, thank you for coming on. It's been awesome talking to you. And yeah. I hope I hope uh, I get to see you when you come down to Florida. No, I look forward to seeing you both. I think we'll, I'm going to have a lot of time in Florida. So, you know, we'll hang out and grab, <laughs> we, we can smoke, we can get some work done. Oh, yeah. Sounds um, good. <laughs> no, I just, I hope to encourage everybody to do a little bit more tomorrow than they did yesterday. I understand we've all got lives, mortgages, kids, divorces, you know, marriage, you know, all the different things, right? Um, the state is not going to stop taking more from us, they're not going to stop killing, murdering people. Um, locking them in cages, you know, taking their liberty literally a penny at a time. Um, I just encourage you to do more. Ask for help if you need help, and offer help if you if you can in any way help. Be the person that you know raises your hand and says, "Yeah, I'll go do that for you," um, because we need it. Um, and you know, I'll just I, I will do the same for you. You know, that's all I ask. So check out theroadtoliberty.com. We'll stay in touch. I appreciate you guys having me on the show, and uh, this has been fun. It's been it's been nice to to do a little podcast here today. Thanks. Okay. Thanks for joining. Oh, thank us. you. Yeah. All right, I'll log off. We'll see you. All right. What a so nice. Now we get we get to the uh, the the end of the the fun stuff, the stuff that we didn't want to tie Anthony to, like uh, talking about <laughs> the. End of um, transgender high school students participating in sports in Florida. Some good stuff. Yeah, uh, I mean, first of all, let's let's go ahead and share share this. Um, this is bullshit right here. 
Shikari Richardson tests positive for marijuana. Now she's out of the Olympics 100 meter. If anything, uh, and I've been, this is not my original joke, obviously. It's too easy. It's low hanging fruit. But if anything, she should be praised because she's such a good runner with uh, less lung capacity. Yeah. So uh, no performance enhancing drugs or anything. She's just smoking weed. And I, I smoke weed and I can't even run a hundred meters. Yeah. And this is something that, uh, the NFL, the NBA, and I think, uh, the MLB, um, has, you know, come forward and said, uh, we're not going to test our players for marijuana. Or if, yeah. or if we do, we're not going to say you can't play or anything like that. The Olympics needs to get it together. Um, it's a plant. It's natural. It, it's a shame that it's illegal anywhere still in the year 2021. And uh, another plug for the Libertarian Party, we're the ones trying to push legalization, decriminalization. Um, that's not going to be overly taxed. So another reason why you should come join the party. Um, but tied to this. More about the Olympics? Yeah, more about the Olympics. Uh they allow transgender women to compete against women at, at the Olympic Games. Now, I I don't care what you want to do with your body, but when you're competing against other women, you're taking your physiological advantages and you're taking away other women's right to compete against other women and compete in sports that or compete against other athletes uh, the way they've done all their lives. Yeah. And I think the perfect solution is to have a transgender league. I don't, I don't know that that might be a solution. I think that that's actually a wonderful solution. I'd never really thought about that, but yeah, you know, men who identify as women and women who identify as men should play just like, you know, men who identify as men and women who identify as women play in their own leagues. And if it's like a sport, uh, I can't think of any, but if it's a sport where the ground, like the, the, they're sort, sort of equal grounds, okay. But we're talking about weightlifting. We're talking about boxing. We're talking about martial arts. Men should not be, transgender women should not be competing against biological women. I think table just, tennis is a great example. Yeah, maybe a table. I don't know. And I I don't know how you would even go about deciding that. Haven't really put a lot of thought into it. But I mean, if if one side consents to it, say say the biological people consent to um consent to competing against against transgender males or females uh in a cross league, like uh, cross competitive league, then that, that should be fine too. It should all be voluntary. But my point is, um, the, these people are breaking records. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, it, I don't know. You, someone, someone who's a cyclist and comes in like 64th or 75th place as a man. And then he goes and competes <clears throat> against the women cyclists. He, he placed first place. This is, this is real news. Not, not, too long ago this happened i don't remember the name of it but i do remember reading the article and and it just baffles me that more women aren't standing up and saying hey wait they're taking away our rights as well yeah it, it's honestly crazy if just think if there was like a if it were the reverse situation and women were you know 
physically superior to men when it came to athletics. Mm-hmm. And they tried to enter into our sports. Fuck no. I get my ass beat by dudes. I don't need to get my ass beat by a woman, too. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> if women had, like, like, ex- like on Rick and Morty, how they had the extra yeah, 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 elbow, yeah. elbow titties, yeah. <laughs> and you just get smacked around with them. Yeah, I don't need that shit. No way. Her elbow titties are huge. Good on DeSantis. (laughs) I think that's great. I think it's going to protect a lot of women, especially in wrestling. I know um, in high school wrestling, we had girls who um, actually had to compete against the guys. And that was rough for the guys Mm -hmm. because it's, dude, my buddy, top three in his weight class in the state, right? Girl comes in, first season wrestling, has to wrestle against him. I mean, she got smacked around all sorts of different ways. I could not imagine uh, a man who identifies as a woman going into women's sports and doing that same thing. It was, it was horrendous. It was, it was like a thirteen-second pin. That's ridiculous. So <laughs> fast. Oh, Wait, didn't uh, didn't Zuby break women's? Uh, yes, a women's deadlift record. Yes, so yeah. man yeah, post video. Yeah, this was Zuby, right? Yes, I love Zuby. Here we go. Um, I'll share this just so you, you guys, know I'm not bullshitting you. I became a woman to break the woman's deadlift record, and he did it. <laughs> <laughs> and it, not only did he try to do it, he just did it. The, why, you know, Zuby's a great guy and everything, but I he, he's doing this to shine light on the issue. Yeah. You have a right to compete against um, people of the same caliber, or no, I mean, not the same caliber, I guess, because that's competition. People are going to be better than you. Um, but the, the same sex i guess right yeah people who who have the same physical abilities as you yeah um but ron DeSantis has now um made florida become the eighth state to enact uh as as cnn puts it anti-trans sports ban um it's not so much anti-trans as it is pro-women and i think that's how that's how we need to frame it when we're talking to people across the aisle and saying like, Hey, it's looking at how fair it is to compete against someone who um, might have a biological advantage for the most part. Um, And the CNN article rails rails against it. I mean, obviously they, they mention they go to even mention the pulse nightclub shooting in, um, I think I think that was a couple of years ago, right? Yeah, it was a couple of years ago in Orlando, twenty eighteen or something. But they're saying he signed it the day of first day of Pride Month, and saying that eleven days before, like it doesn't even make sense. Why would you bring that up in an article? Uh, you know, you're you're bringing it up to make it make him look bad, obviously. And don't get me wrong, I don't like some some stuff that DeSantis does, but I, I do like this one. I'm a fan. Yeah, I am uh, as well. Yeah, um, I think that's all I have for current news. Yeah, other than, uh, 
<clears throat> Other than John McAfee dying, which is still a mis- mystery to me. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Feel bad for that man. Feel bad for his wife too. Yep. And and uh, hopefully there's developments on that. I don't think there was video evidence. So just like uh, just like another case with Jeffrey Epstein, it's like, huh? Just happened to have the cameras turned off, huh? Yeah. And every the guard t- wasn't there. And damn it! Every time they, these damn cameras, they they never work when you need them. These, dude. these jails really got to get better cameras. Oh man! What about uh? What about all the other ones? Yeah, they work. Just these right here, guarding the uh really really rich guy who has governmental connections. Those didn't seem to work. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. What I don't know what happened. I don't know. We got it. We'll, we'll get it fixed next time. And then they don't. And then they don't. Well, uh, I'll go and let you go. I mean, if you're tuned in, thank you uh, for listening. And uh, thank you, Anthony Welty, for coming on. Um, It was awesome talking to him. Hopefully we have some more guests coming on. I'm trying to get uh, uh, some guy from from, uh, the Mises Caucus in Cuba. Um, His name is Zach. I'm blanking on his last name right now, but... um, we're in communications and that'll be really interesting hearing someone from Cuba's perspective on free markets and, uh, anti authoritarian stuff. Um, so this has been the Luchadors of Liberty. Follow us on the higher frequency podcast network. Um, you can go to higher frequency podcast network.com. I'm going to get that changed to a shorter domain name eventually, but that's where we're eventually. At. Yeah. And, uh, check us out on iTunes, YouTube, um, Spotify, all that good stuff. You got any any plugs, D? No plugs. All no right. plugs. Also, go go check out Mitch's uh, Mitch's stuff. Get you some uh, t shirts and stickers, pro liberty stuff on uh, theproudlibertarian.com. I'll post that. All right, awesome. See you guys later. of Iraq as well, and I wouldn't start a war in Libya. I'd quit bombing Yemen, and I'd quit bombing Pakistan. I'd start taking... This is how the war on drugs is presented. We're concerned about your health, so we're going to send you to prison. I'm sorry, I thought this was America. Do you feel frustrated with mainstream ideologies? If you're an active duty soldier, then these absurdly common factors that accompany being a critical thinking human being now coin you as a potential terrorist by a company that runs sweatshops in China. So, well, you say you're woke, but the companies you work for, I mean, unbelievable. Apple, 